I'm sure you've heard this saying before. Be careful what you wish for, you might just get it. There is a different version of this saying, which I like better, by an American writer, Lori Halls Anderson. It says, be careful what you wish for, there is always a catch. And I believe that the catch is in the why. Why do you have this wish? Why do you want what you want? What motivation drives your desire? And in particular, is it coming out of fear, of trying to compensate for something, trying to make your life more complete? Is it coming out of desperation and need to finally feel comfortable in your own skin? Or is it driven by abundance, feeling full? Is it driven by your genuine desire to amplify all the positive energy that you already have? To me, this is the catch. And you know what's interesting? When you are driven by fear or desperation, you often have to work hard and still the results will not be good. And on the other side, when it is a good motivation that drives you, it works in a completely different way. You don't need to work hard, don't need to fight for it. It just happens to you, effortlessly. You could even say magically. My name is Olena Maitrak, and in today's page of the Bravery Handbook, I want to share with you two stories that were driven by two different whys and how it led to two completely different marriages. We had been dating for four years. It was our fifth and last year in college. And I started asking myself a question. What's next? I had never been popular with the boys in middle or high school. In my first year of college, I had only a few casual dates. And so when we started dating in our second year, when I was at last in a real, serious relationship for the first time in my life, I was finally not feeling like a loser. Finally, I felt like I was worthy of something. And now it was time to start thinking about marriage. Our main group of college friends consisted of four people. Myself, my best friend Victoria, and our boyfriends, who also happened to be best friends. Victoria's boyfriend was planning to move to Canada after graduation. His father was a marine biologist. He got a job in Canada and was planning to move his whole family to the country. So at the beginning of our fifth year in college, Victoria's boyfriend proposed to her. And of course, she said yes. I had always seen her as more beautiful, more successful, like she would always get what she wanted. I envied her and I felt like I had to compete with her, like I had to prove that I am also good. And of course, when she got engaged, I felt immediate pressure to do the same. I mean, it was time. My parents met and fell in love in college and got married right after. In my world at that time, that was the best, or I can even say the only way to find your life partner. I knew I needed to get married, and I knew I needed to make it happen right after the graduation. The idea of graduating and being single horrified me. I thought that if I'm single once my college years are over, then I won't ever get married. And that will mean I'm a loser. And I absolutely could not let that happen. Look, I wasn't pragmatic about it. I was really in love, as much as a 21-year-old girl can be. But the truth is, I wasn't asking myself all the right questions. Will me and my boyfriend make a good partnership in the long term? What does a good marriage even look like? 
Do we see eye to eye on the essential topics that husband and wife will need to navigate together in their marriage? I wasn't asking myself any of these questions. And not only because I didn't even know I was supposed to ask them. It's like you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't realize the importance of these questions until 10 years later. But honestly, I wasn't even allowing myself to question it. I wasn't letting even a spark of doubt. Because again, in my world, that was the way things work. You start dating in college, you get married after college, and then you live happily ever after. That's how it's supposed to be, period. No questions allowed. And since I'm a strong and independent woman, I decided to take my destiny into my own hands. I had a very serious conversation with my boyfriend. We were planning to move to another city after graduation, to a bigger city with more job opportunities. And so I told him that the only way I agree to do that as a couple is if we are married. I don't want us to just be boyfriend and girlfriend. I want it to be serious. I want it to be real. He was a smart guy, and he understood the message. Several weeks later, he proposed. It was the spring of 2001, a few months before our graduation. Our friends were getting married in July, and our wedding was going to happen in September. I felt happy. Me and Victoria were going to be each other's maids of honor, and our fiancés would be each other's best men. Everything was working out perfectly. I knew that once I get married, one very important thing that I need to accomplish in life to feel good, to feel complete, will be checked off the list. And it was. I did check it off the list for nine years. This is exactly how long that marriage lasted. In 2017, two years after I got divorced, I moved to the United States as a single mother with my daughter who was four and a half years old at the time. It was a very challenging and eye-opening time for me. I was trying to find myself, come back to myself, and rebuild my whole life again from all the pieces that seemed to have worked so perfectly until they suddenly all fell apart. And of course, as part of solving that big life puzzle, I kept asking myself whether I would get married again. Did I even want to get married again? You know, when I made a decision to file for divorce, it was for a very specific reason. There was no real partnership, support, connection in our marriage. We had been a couple of strangers living under the same roof. When we got married, we were too young. And in those nine years, we grew to be completely different people with different goals in life, different values, different priorities. And I knew that if I were to get married again, it had to be different. How exactly different? That was a completely different question. While I had a very good idea about what I did not want my marriage to look like, it didn't mean I knew what I wanted it to look like. But also, it was just hard to get back into the dating game. I hadn't been on a date for years. And as funny as it sounds, I had never really been on a first date. Because when I started dating my boyfriend in college, I couldn't really call it a date. So it was scary, especially as a single mother living in a new country. I had a ton of responsibilities and close to zero free time. I didn't feel like I was ready for another relationship either. However, I still had this voice whispering in my ear every day. Your life is not complete unless you are married. And also, 
I felt that it was my responsibility to give my daughter a good family and a loving dad, something I took from her when I filed for divorce. I felt like I needed to try at least, even though I wasn't even sure yet what exactly I was trying. So what do you do when you want to find a partner in life and you are a busy professional that doesn't have any free time? Exactly, you sign up for a dating app. I had heard of an app called eHarmony, so I decided to give it a try and created my profile. Admittedly, I didn't spend a lot of time filling in all the information. For some questions like what you want your ideal partner to look like or what do you want to offer in partnership, I didn't even know what to write there. As soon as I activated my profile, messages from some random guys started to pop in in my inbox. Sometimes there would be several in one day. But they all looked the same. They sounded the same. Like something you would copy and paste every time you get matched with someone. They lack personality, authenticity, some genuine interest. And so each new conversation died after just a few texts back and forth. I didn't even have any desire to go on a date with anybody. There was this one guy with whom it looked a bit different at first. We had been chatting for a few days already, which was very surprising. It was way longer than any other conversation I had on eHarmony before. He lived pretty far from LA in Bakersfield, so I was very skeptical about whether this would ever work, but I was enjoying messaging with him. Until he also texted me one day and asked me for a photo of myself in a bikini. Okay, I'm done with it. Nobody's looking for a serious relationship. All these guys want is sex, so screw it. I decided to stop trying and to start enjoying my life. I'm living a very decent life after all, so let's start appreciating it. I stopped checking my Harmony profile every day, disabled all the notifications, and just moved on. Slowly, I was getting used to living on my own. And surprisingly, I was beginning to like it. Around the same time, I started catching myself reflecting on my first marriage. Emotions weren't boiling anymore, and I could think about it with a cold head. I was analyzing what went wrong. I was thinking about what me and my husband could have done differently. I could clearly see the mistakes I made or moments that I didn't pay attention to. And it was beginning to crystallize in my mind what a successful marriage really looks like for me. What kind of wife I want to be if I ever get married again. Or what kind of man I want to see by my side. And what is funny is the more I was thinking about it and reflecting about it, the more comfortable I was feeling about being single the more clarity I was gaining about what that hypothetical marriage would look like should it ever happen, the less I cared about whether it would actually ever happen or not. I don't need the status of a married woman anymore. I have successfully rebuilt my life and I am truly proud of it. I do have everything I need. I am fine without a husband. I don't need a husband to feel complete anymore or to pay my bills. I'm feeling good being on my own. I really am. So if I decide to ever get married again, I want it to be a true partnership. The reason I lost respect for my ex-husband, among other things, was that he lacked passion and ambition. I myself have always been a very passionate person. I always strive for something, whether it's career aspirations or hobbies or different experiences. And he would be fine just sitting in front of his computer. I missed that internal drive, that passion, that energy. 
if I ever get married again, I want to not only love, but truly respect my husband. I want him to be ambitious. I want him to have aspirations and be passionate about his job. I am not afraid that he will work hard. I actually want him to work hard because I work hard too. And I want him to understand it and respect it. And I also want to feel loved, respected, and cared for. I want to feel every single minute that he puts me and my, our daughter first. I see my hypothetical marriage as a true partnership of two people who are completely self-sufficient, who don't really need each other, who already have full lives, but who decided to join their forces anyway, to enrich each other's experiences and each other's lives, and to walk the life path together, to grow together, while supporting each other, rooting for each other, and respecting each other. Honestly, I don't even know if that is possible, but I know that I will not settle for less. I just don't need to. My time is too precious to waste it on something mediocre. You can see I had gone a long way since I was 21 years old. And then a friend of mine invited me to her birthday party and introduced me to her mom. Her mom was this beautiful, smart, confident, sophisticated woman in mid-40s. Talking to her was like talking to your bestie, not like talking to your friend's mom. She had a successful business and traveled the world. She had gone through the divorce too and was currently in a relationship. She was very funny and smart and an absolute pleasure to talk to. She was full of this positive living energy. We talked work and kids and travel, and eventually we touched on romantic relationships. She asked me about my situation, and I was completely honest with her, that I hadn't really been dating since my divorce, and that I don't have time for it, and that I'm pretty much enjoying my life and don't need some stranger to ruin it for me. She listened to my monologue and then said, You know, Elena, you are such a beautiful, smart, successful woman. You deserve to have the best partner by your side. I'm looking at you now and I'm absolutely certain that there is a man out there looking for you and you two will be the best couple. And then she added, so stop giving me this bullshit. Go activate your profile on eHarmony and give this man a chance. We laughed and continued talking about something else. But her words got stuck in my head. That evening, when I returned home after the party and before cooking dinner, I decided to follow her advice. Seriously. What's the worst that can happen? I opened my eHarmony profile for the first time in about six months. It was completely outdated. No surprise there, because I hadn't really updated it since I first set it up about a year ago. I spent about an hour rewriting everything and especially filling in the blanks that I didn't bother to fill before. Who I'm looking for, what an ideal marriage looks like for me, what do I want to offer in my marriage. I was having dinner when my phone buzzed. It was a new message on eHarmony, a message from a guy whose name was Kevin. As soon as I started reading his message, I immediately felt that it was different from any other message I had received in the last year. It was personal. It was thoughtful. It wasn't just some cheesy standard pickup type of text that guys copy-paste and send to a dozen girls whose profiles they see online. No. This message was written for me. Kevin was genuinely curious about me. He was asking some interesting questions and sharing some things we have in common. 
He mentioned in his message that something on my profile spoke very deeply to him. I could not believe it. He was talking about something that I had literally written less than two hours ago. You know, I'm the most pragmatic person I know. I don't believe in magic. I always, always try to explain things with logic. But here, I have no explanation. This just cannot be coincidence. That I got this gentle kick in the butt from my friend's mom, and then less than five hours later, my future husband finds me on a dating app. The thing is, when you know exactly what you want, but you are totally fine without it, you are complete without it, then you don't chase it because you don't have to. You almost let it go after putting your message out there in the universe. And then the universe listens and responds and it gives you what you're looking for. And this is magic. Thank you for being with me today as I flip another page of the Bravery Handbook. I would absolutely love to hear all about how you liked today's story and what you're taking away from it. Leave a review and let me know. And be sure to connect with me on Instagram and join Bravery Circle, a free space where we learn to embrace who we are, maximize our time and energy, and shine in both career and motherhood, as well as any other life endeavor that we choose to pursue. Until next time.